the text for the sermon this morning is verse 5c, the last part of verse 5 of Isaiah 53, and by His stripes we are healed. Beloved congregation of the Lord Jesus Christ, this afternoon the Lord willing will remember Christ's death for us with the celebration of the Lord's Supper. And I chose that text as a preparation for that sacrament. And that chapter in the Old Testament is such a clear and moving prophecy of what Jesus Christ accomplished for us on, on the cross by his suffering and death. And I hope that the text for the sermon this morning will focus our attention on what we remember with the Lord's Supper. And I use the text itself as theme for the sermon, and by his stripes we are healed, and we pay attention to those two things that come to the fore in the text. First of all, Jesus' stripes, and secondly, our healing. First of all, Jesus' stripes then. Stripes. That's a literal translation of the original Hebrew word here, which means deep red marks or welts. That's what your skin looks like when you've been whipped, scourged, or chastised, as it's sometimes also called in the Bible. The whip with the hardened knots or the metal pieces at the end of the leather strips left deep, painful marks on the backs of those who were whipped. Bloody stripes across the skin. The Lord Jesus suffered such a scourging or whipping by Roman soldiers after the people demanded that Pilate release Barabbas instead of him. When Pilate gave them the choice, he decided that even though he could find nothing wrong in Jesus, he would have him scourged and sentence him to death wash his hands of him. Now by law, as described in Deuteronomy 25, a Jewish whip whipping was supposed to stop after 39 lashes. They figured that's what a person could bear. But a Roman whipping, as I understand, could go on longer, as long as the person stayed conscious so when Jesus' back was torn and bloody, the soldiers were still allowed to continue. Our Savior's stripes is what our text talks about. And Jesus knew that God's wrath was in those stripes. So it wasn't only his back that was wounded by that whipping, however horrible that is, but more people were whipped. But it was also his soul which was scourged here. God's righteous 
an intense wrath against the sins of all those who he had given to his son was also in that whipping. And therefore, he suffered that in body and soul for you and me. He did it for you and me because for others, because it speaks in our text about healing. By his stripes, we are healed. And just to, just to think a bit about that healing, first of all, what's meant with that, it says right after our text, all we like sheep have gone astray. Like sheep. Now you can picture that, right? A sheep sees some greener grass further on, and it goes to that grass and then it's curious about something else it sees, and it goes over there, and then it sees water even farther away, and it goes there, and it wanders away from the shepherd and from the flock, ends up getting lost and dying of hunger or becoming prey for wild animals. And a sheep that went astray at that time, in those days, was a sheep that was destined for death would become prey or it would fall in a ravine, it would surely die. And of ourselves, we're all like that sheep. Of ourselves, all wandering away on the way to our own destruction. Like flowing water, we seek the easiest path through all the hard and unpleasant things in life by nature. We want to avoid those things and we're more drawn by things that appeal to our sinful nature than self-indulgence. And we wander away from the shepherd of our souls and we become prey for Satan, for death, for hell in ourselves. So that gives us something to think about that with that regard, that healing of the text that is going astray from God to certain deaths. And that, when it comes to healing, means being reconciled to God, finding peace with Him, being restored to Him. As the Belgic Confession puts it, Article 21, finding, then we find comfort in Jesus' wounds. Healing in Jesus' wounds, we could say. That means you, you feel safe and protected when you consider Jesus' stripes. With his broken body and shed blood, he feeds your soul with food and drink to life eternal. You find peace with God in him then. You were unclean before God you can think here of a disease like leprosy which, which shut people out of the temple and away from God in the Old Testament. You were unclean before God with a disease like that which would eventually kill you. But by his suffering, Jesus healed that disease and you can now appear before the God of life and be embraced by him. You can appear before him without terror. That is what that healing is about, being restored to God, made acceptable to God, and 
given eternal life. How does the Lord God bring about that healing, that restoration? By Jesus' stripes. Literally, it says, in his stripes. But we can say by also. How does God heal our sickness, our leprosy, our, in which we're born? He lashes it out of us on Jesus' back. And that sounds pretty strange, right? How do you truly change people's condition of sickness? Well, you give them medicine or so, but you certainly don't beat it out of them. Whip it out of them. You can't beat evil out of people, uncleanness out of people. But God does. He does. And how? By whipping somebody else for you to heal sinners. He chastises someone else, whips his son in order to heal you and me, whipped his son for your sins, my sins, for that sin and that weakness and that selfishness of mine. By his stripes, we are healed. And you might think, well, the protest, maybe that, that's not fair. But then God says, do you want me then to direct my righteous wrath at you? Do you ultimately want to be given over to the terrors of hell and God forsakenness yourself? You want me to bring that on you? And I think we'd all have to say no. No, Lord, I'd never be able to bear that, that hellish punishment to the end. No, God's Son came into our world to endure those stripes, that suffering of body and soul for us. He wanted to do that. He came for that, willingly, offered himself up for that. Rather than leave our sins unpunished, he fully punished them in his son, Jesus Christ. Doesn't that make you humble? And see, brothers and sisters, that's how you can take part in the Lord's Supper then. Humbled and amazed that God's son received those stripes in your place for your healing, for your justification, we sometimes say. And if you think about that, wouldn't you hate your sins too then? And be at least determined not to sin again, for every sin of mine is another lash with the whip on Jesus' back. Another fist to his head, another blow of the hammer to the nails in his cross. Truly humbling yourself, if you think in terms of, well, because I, I, because I didn't want to resist that temptation and just wanted to enjoy that little sin, because I didn't want to be made fun of as Christian, be, I wanted to avoid suffering, God's Son was whipped in my place. Doesn't that make sin something terrible? How in the world couldn't we sin so easily yet? We just bring more stripes on Jesus' wounded back, as it were. 
If we understand our sin in those terms, wouldn't we say, Lord, help me never to sin again? By his stripes, we are healed. By his stripes, and therefore not by your own efforts either. You can want to be healed and restored to God and, and so on, seen as righteous before God, but you don't want to end up in hell. And then you can do your best to seek God and obey his will and live a better life, maybe driven by fear of death and judgment. You try harder and harder to make yourself better, but is that really becoming healed? No, for in your heart you still love sin. And you only try to avoid sin because the results of sin are so bitter. And if you could go to heaven with your sins, along with your sins, you'd love that. You love sin, but the results of sinning are so bitter, and that's why you want healing, reconciliation. But you can't do that yourself. There's only one place, our text says, where we can find healing. And that's not in ourselves, not by our own efforts, no matter how hard we try, but only by Jesus' stripes, by the bloody welts on his back left by the whipping of the Roman soldiers. Only in those stripes will you be healed of the awful results of sin. Only in his stripes do you find reconciliation with God and comfort. So his stripes alone have the ability to heal us, to reconcile us to God, to justify us before God. There is no healing in anyone or in anything else or anywhere else. And remember that that sickness of sin, which is like leprosy, that horrible disease, which eats away at the body and doesn't stand still but keeps going further until there's death, that's what's healed. If you don't bring that sickness to the Lord Jesus for healing, it'll keep making you more and more insensitive to the gospel, and it'll keep drawing you closer and closer to hell. Without that medicine of Jesus' stripes on an ongoing basis, that sickness of sin will continue to eat away at you, body and soul, and you'll be in the power of Satan who wants to draw, draw you into hell with him. So see how sick you are. And seek your healing in Jesus' stripes and those stripes alone. And we've already been talking about healing, but that brings us to the second part of the sermon, our healing. Congregation, there's another level of healing in Jesus' stripes. We've talked about the healing of justification before God, reconciliation with God, but here is also the healing of regeneration, sanctification, it's called regeneration. His stripes are amazing medicine for our lives here. Yes, they heal our uncleanness before God, but once we confess that, that healing, our real battle in this life will begin. Then we find ourselves in a fight against our sins and sinfulness 
And then we have to take up arms against that disease of sin as it wants to settle in our souls every day again. We see Christ's stripes and not only take comfort from them, but also let those stripes bring us to not give us over to sin again and again. We let them do that by focusing on his stripes. Let me illustrate that with a story told by Sundar Singh. Sundar Singh was a Sikh man who became a Christian preacher in India and Tibet a hundred years ago. And he told this story. There was a boy in India who liked to gamble, throw dice for money, dreamed of winning lots of money and buying nice things. His poor mother, a widow, warned him a lot of times not to go and gamble, but he wouldn't listen to her. It was just too thrilling to gamble. It's always the chance to become wealthy. He was addicted. She tried to ground him for some days so that he wouldn't gamble again. It didn't help. He lost money and lost money, and he, but he kept promising the other fellows he gambled with, he, I'll pay you, I'll pay you, until they got tired of hearing those promises and they took him captive to another village and sold him as, as a slave to somebody. He didn't show up at home and his mother knew where he was. She knew it was because of the 500 rupees he owned. And what did his mother do? She went to work day after day. She walked across the river into the thorn bushes and gathered sticks which she carried back on the, to the village on her back big bundle and sold it for firewood for one rupee per day. And the thorns on those sticks tore at the skin of her hands, her arms, her face, her back. She kept gathering them every day for 500 days until she had 500 rupees and she brought her son back again. And but he hardly recognized her anymore because she was so torn up by those thorns that she had gathered from those thorn bushes she had received from those thorn bushes. And the day after he got home, the boys of the village came to his place and asked, come on, let's gamble again. Why don't we gamble some more? Maybe you'll win now. And then the boy in his mind saw his mother all wounded on her face, arms, and back by the thorns. And he said, no. I'll never gamble again with you. And see, by Christ's stripes, we're healed in that way too. When we remember his suffering, his wounds, his stripes, his broken body and his shed blood, then we also learn to hate and flee sin. When we see him, then we... We long never to sin again. When we see his stripes, then we want to know and to fight against our sins. And the motivator for that is then that the Spirit brings us to, to our remembrance those stripes of the Lord Jesus, the suffering of God's Son for us. When there's temptation to put other things before God in, in your life, then there's little motivation to take time for prayer or other things they become, and, and other things become more important than Sunday worship. 
then you need to remember your Savior's stripes, his back with those welts. When your selfish desires whisper to you that you need this and that for yourself and it's too bad you don't have anything left to contribute to the Lord's worship or for the work of the needy, for the needy, then you need to remember Jesus' stripes for you. When you're consumed by anger and you look at someone with scorn and bitterness in your heart, remember his stripes, his suffering under the soldier's whip. See, brothers and sisters, this afternoon we hope to remember our Lord's suffering and death at his table. And once we've taken part in the Lord's Supper, what then? Are we going to think lightly of our sins afterwards yet? How can we? Like the boy in India, we wouldn't want to get caught with sin again, would we? There's healing in Jesus' stripes. In other words, then, repentance, regeneration, renewal. Repentance, as we know from our confession, is coming to hate and flee sin and to love and seek God's righteousness. It means you don't want to hurt your Savior and you're willing to follow him even if it costs you, even if it means you, you're going to suffer loss and shame and be reviled yourself. Follow him who, as Peter writes, when he was reviled, did not revile in return, and when he suffered, did not threaten, but submitted himself to him who judges justly. And see, that is the working of the Holy Spirit in you then. Through the Lord's Supper, through that remembrance, the, Lord, the Spirit works in you when it motivates you to follow Jesus and remain silent when you're pestered for the sake of the Lord's name. And that's how thousands of Christian martyrs suffered over the ages and still do. Not striking out or cursing, but praying and confessing, but keeping in their mind's eye thou stripes of the Lord Jesus. <clears throat> Whoever needs strength to resist sin in his or her life now, and we all do, needs to remember Jesus' stripes. There is no one so sick with sin that he or she can't be healed by Jesus' stripes. There is no sin which is too powerful, no temptation too addicting for his stripes. And yes, healing, healing mentioned here is a process, just like regeneration. It's a process, it's a battle. Think of the medical field. Healing from a sickness like leprosy or something like cancer is a battle. A battle of good and bad cells. Our conversion or repentance is a battle like that. Think of how the Apostle Paul writes in Romans 7, the good I want to do, I do not do, but the evil I do not want to do. That is what I do. The longing and Paul expresses that there. The longing is not to sin. Is never to sin again. To have a completely renewed heart. Because of those stripes. But the flesh is weak. 
and the old nature we inherited from Adam doesn't give up any territory in us without a battle. But therefore, keep those stripes of Jesus in mind. Keep them before you always. Then you want to do good. Then even though you're still inclined to evil, your desire is to do good, to serve God. And that's a blessed battle then, congregation. And when you're sick, you know that the doctors can put you on a drip in your arm, hang a bag there and put antibiotics in your system. And that flows into your body automatically by gravity. However, in our life with God, nothing goes automatically as such. It's a matter of us going back to the Lord every time again, thinking of his stripes every time again, taking that in every time again, eating and drinking him in again and again. That's why we celebrate the Lord's Supper every other month here, to remember Christ's suffering and death again and again because we're such weak and forgetful people. We have to take to mind and soul his stripes, his love for us in those stripes over and over again. And every time the Holy Spirit then works through that to renew our love for him and our longing to be holy as he is holy. But not only at the Lord's Supper celebration, though, every time we also hear the gospel proclaimed, Jesus is portrayed for you as crucified for you. And then you also realize that living with God is more than just saying, I know that Jesus died for my sins. No, it's a constant calling of the Lord's suffering to mind, a continual going to him again, a remembering of his stripes and going to him every day again, in fact. And do you do that, brothers and sisters, young people? Call that to mind over and over again. Conversion and repentance, that's also the healing mentioned here. And it's a daily struggle. It's a battle, but it has a wonderful perspective because the healing will make progress you get better and better the disease of sin will not have the last say complete healing is guaranteed victory is promised in Christ and so that battle to keep focused on our savior stripes here is a thousand times better than a life which avoids the battle and doesn't know the stripes and is headed downhill more and more diseased until it descends into eternal death. And it's one or the other. Either no fight here and ultimately eternal stripes under God's righteous wrath or battle here and healing by keeping his stripes in heart and mind and ultimately eternal victory. 
Then we'll see him too, that lamb, standing in heaven as though slain. That means a lamb covered in blood. And then we'll see and worship his stripes forever. We'll see those stripes forever. And then there will be no more sin and no more sickness or pain or suffering anymore forever. But by his stripes, we'll be completely, fully, eternally healed. Amen.